Hey, Rob, what do you think of our funky new football in Berkshire branding? They're great, Tom. Who's made them? They've been created by friend of FIB, Ellis Woods, who runs his own creative agency, Flair Media. He's heavily involved in grassroots football and kindly sponsors this very podcast. That's great. What else do they do? Well, it's funny you should say that, Rob. Ellis offers affordable digital marketing, digital and print branding like logos, banners, flyers and business cards, as well as website content creation and management. Go and have a look at flaremedia.online and tell Ellis we sent you. Hello, everybody. Uh, it is the Berkshire Football Stories Football in Berkshire podcast, uh, our pub but not in a pub chats uh, with me, Tom Canning, and me, Rob Davis. Hello, Rob. How are you? I'm pretty good, mate. How are you getting on? Yeah, same. Um, we said this same. yesterday. I think we're yeah. gonna we'll we'll drop this uh, this how are you segment because we do it every day and we see each other on the phone every day. Um, we are yeah. here today. Uh, we've had some we've had some great guests already this week. We are here today with Hollyport manager Derek Sweetman. Hello, Derek. Hello. How are you? Very well, thank you. Dealing with the, uh, the non-football. Um, just about. You you've been in uh, you've been involved in football a long time. I know. Uh, is, is this is this the weirdest situation you've been involved in? Yes, I would, but without any shadow of a doubt, it's um, been involved in football for over sort of thirty five years. So it's uh, it's something I've never seen, never heard of, and, um, and obviously, you know, hopefully going forward we can get rid of it as soon as possible and, and return to normal. Um. Hollyport, obviously, uh, where where you are at the moment, is, is that your second spell at Hollyport? Am I right? It is. Yes. Um, the, this, the the pre your previous spell at Hollyport, you were um, you were in the Premier the Hellenic Premier Division, if I remember rightly. Uh, and obviously, this this time around, you are in the Division One East, and you were having quite a good season. Um, all, all told, last season was a pretty good season. This season, slightly better. Um, how how have you kind of how are you dealing with the idea that football's currently cancelled? I uh, find it very difficult, really, because there's just, other than football, there's there's not a lot else to do with <laughs> family, is it? So, um, I'm old school and it's all about football. Um, yes, it's been difficult, um, but again, in the in the grand scale of it, obviously people are losing their lives and obviously none of us would want that in any way, shape or form. And it's just a case of you know, trying to find something to occupy your mind, which if it means sitting down in front of the telly and watching Sky Sports rerun everything from 1974 to the <laughs> present day, so be it. <laughs> Although, uh, how do you feel about how the way uh, or the way the season has now been resolved uh, with the step uh, step three and below season being uh, expunged and like we said before, you're having a decent season in line, looking for promotion, I'm sure. And uh, yeah, now, unfortunately, we're gonna, uh, everything's going to have to uh, go again. So how do you feel about how that's been dealt with over the last week or so? I think it was probably a little bit premature. Um, there wasn't that many games left for, for a lot of the sides in up and down the country. Um, yeah. And we could have quite easily, you know, sort of fitted in at least sort of six or eight games within a fortnight, if you like. So, you know, you could be playing Saturday, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday to, to, to come to a conclusion. Um, and I'm sure most sides would prefer to do that. And most oh. players would prefer to do that rather than train on a Tuesday night, train on a Thursday night, but play only on a Saturday. So 
it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword, really. The, the, the boys would want to play, I'm sure. Um, the teams that are, uh, that are sort of chasing the, the, the top four, if you like, would want to play, obviously. Um, so I don't quite know how, how they come to that sort of the scenario that they're just going to null and void when most sides up and down the country had about sort of seven or eight, maybe nine games left to play. I think they could have waited just a little bit longer to see where we were, obviously, with the, uh, the virus. Oh. Um, I wanted to I wanted to just ask you, Derek, about a, kind of your second spell now at Hollyport. Obviously, you you've done a lot of you've been I, I want to say assistant manager is that right or coach with uh, Jeff Lamb and Paul McGrotty at Asker yeah. and then at Bracknell. Um, so so you sort of was it was that a coaching role or was that a, an assistant role? I can't remember. It was both assistant and coach. Um, the three of us had a, a had a sort of way of working that obviously Jeff and Paul. Did what they had to do, and, and I, I came in and did my little bit, and um, yeah, it, it worked well between the three of us. So it was, it was just sort of titles were immaterial, really. It was just a case about getting the right decision for the team on the day, whoever we played, and, and obviously going forward as a club. Because you, you'd been a you'd been a manager before then. I was going to come on to some of those some of those previous clubs uh, in in a little bit, um, but you'd, you'd been a manager previously. Uh, you were then a coach. Did was it was it is an easy choice to kind of go back into management after that, um, especially at, at a club that you'd you'd been at before. Um, I'm, I think I've been very fortunate in my managerial career, whether I've been a manager or an assistant manager. Um, I've managed to get on with, with most people. And and I think it's one of the old sayings, if, you know, you try not to burn your bridges when you move on. Uh, and in football, obviously, it's a cutthroat game, as you know. And um, some of the decisions are, are certainly not, um, you know, sort of uh, personal. It's just a case of it's a business sort of adventure or someone with a different idea and a different view. So over the, over the years, I've gotten used to sort of... Uh, being in for sort of you know maybe two or three years and then being out for a year and stuff like that. So it, it's it's not difficult to me, although I can understand why other people would say it is difficult. Did um did did you so when you when you when you became a manager, did you have a playing career before you before you moved into coaching and management? <laughs> I did. It was a very long time ago. I, I I was an apprentice at Southampton and I'd done my knee ligaments way back in the early seventies. So that put pay to any sort of uh, top-level football at that time. Uh, I was told I would never never play football again and I'd be in a wheelchair by the time I'm 60. Um, but again, going back that far, obviously people you know, in, in the medical industry were sort of, you know, what we've got today compared to what we had back in those days is, is amazing. You know, um, I could have been rebuilt after 18 months now, whereas yeah. back then it was you finished for the rest of your career, and that was at the age of um, 28. Oh, wow. And that's sort of, that sort of, that sort of, that was the time where I sort of thought, well, I can't carry on playing. My knee hurts, and I was trying. I, was, I went to Slough, and I stayed at Slough for a little while. Then I went to Egham um, and Marlow and Burnham as a, as, as a non-league player, um, but always felt that, you know, I knew in my own mind that because I couldn't play any higher, I would need to find another sort of job to do, if you like, yeah. as I sort of come to the end of a normal playing career. So, yeah, I think I was 28 when I took over the, the reserve team at Windsor um, under Al Colton, the manager there at the time, who was a, a, an army uh, instructor. And he sort of said to me, go and get your badges. 
because it'll take you know it'll, it'll benefit you going forward and as i say that was that was in in 1989 and funny enough back then i went i moved to beginning of the 90s i went from windsor after winning the the league cup the the division we were in and then i went to bracknell funny enough uh, as an assistant player manager um and, and played sweeper Badly, I can hear everyone shouting now. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was my first sort of introduction to Bracknell uh, at that time. Um, Tony Hardy was around and, and people like that. Um, so you know, it was it was a good time. It was an, it was a nice opportunity for me to get my badges and obviously go into coaching and, and then eventually into management. Because I, I remember um, now, because I I was a was a Bracknell supporter home and away, and I I think you must have been in there on, in the short period of time where I'd I'd sort of I'd got a bit fed up with going to football every Saturday, and I was I was sort of a teenager and, and had decided to go and do some other things with with my time. Um, so I, I think you were you I think you were there just at that point. So I, I think I I missed I missed you you being at Bracknell the first time round. Um, so about nineteen ninety. One ninety two, I think, around that time. Oh no! In that case, then you were you were there before I'd even got involved with the club. Uh, <laughs> before I'd even my my dad took me. <laughs> that so that that would have been. Um, I think my dad there was a sweet get a friendly against Swindon Town was my first uh, game there, and I think that was about ninety two, ninety three, something like that. That just after I I'd, I'd gone before that. Um, but what what I do remember is is you being involved at Egham. Uh, and, yes. and um, uh, what the, the 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 guy, the lad that became secretary at Bracknell, a lad called Gareth Coates, who you may remember. I remember uh, Gareth? Really, yes. He youngest secretary in football, I believe, was his was his claim to fame when he was at Egham. He was at the time. Yeah, <laughs> he was. Um, so there's a question in here somewhere. Don't worry, I'll I'll, I'll get there. But I guess mm-hmm. you obviously went you went to Egham. Was it was Egham your first non-playing? Your non-player man, first non-player manager role, or was it, was that your? Where was your? Where did you start managing? Uh, it was Egham. Egham was my first. Um, was it Egham or was it my? Uh, yeah, no, it wasn't. Well, yeah, went from Windsor to Bracknell, from Bracknell to Egham. Yeah, so that was my first non-playing um, role, should we say? Because have you have um, you been back to have you been back to Egham since? Because I'm not sure it's changed. Um, <laughs> well, I think the chairman's still the same person. Yes, Mister um, <laughs> Bennett, um, who we frequently had good discussions with. So um, that, that was good. Yeah, I think I'd, I'd actually played for Egham in the early eighties um, for a period of time. I think about eighty-four, I went to Egham as a player, and and we played there, and, and we done reasonably well. I think finished in the top six, um, and, and had a good FA Vars run. Um, and then obviously went back there as as a as assistant manager with uh, my best mate Steve Roberts, and um, you know we sort of stayed there for a season and a little bit, and then uh, moved on. And um, from there I went from from Egham to Marlow. So yeah, it was it was the first real, not counting the Windsor Reserve team job in the first place. <laughs> as uh, Tom mentioned earlier, this is your second stint at Hollyport. Um, the first stint started pretty um, uh, emphatically uh, uh, from what I've uh, read. The You did a treble in your first season, is that right? Uh, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, um, 
Div 1 East, the Floodlit Cup and the Challenge Cup. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah. Uh, have you got any uh, particular memories or standouts from that season? It seems like a, a, a quite a highlight, um, or it would have been quite a highlight uh, to win three trophies in your first uh, manager at the club. Sorry, first yeah. year as a manager. It was um yeah it was it was a, a um it was a combination of things really I'd been at Didcot as assistant manager Stuart um, Peak uh, the year before and got fed up with the amount of travelling I was doing from Wembley to Didcot and back Tuesday Thursday Saturday right. so I wanted something local and, and Hollyport just round the corner um I, I was approached by one of the, the members at Hollyport to say that the manager's deciding to move on although staying at the club but move up in, in, in his role would I be interested in going and having a look and and it was it was quite a big drop at that time because obviously Didcot were Southern Prem when they was there yeah. the, the, the Hellenic Division 1 East so there was a few sceptical people in the side that were there and the squad obviously saying you know so how much money is he getting because you don't <laughs> come from that for nothing well I did and um, until this day I haven't been paid a penny for being at Hollywood and it's probably been the most enjoyable part of my career as a manager. Oh. Um, being purely because the players are there for the right reason, and that's to play football and not to sort of uh, bulge out a wage packet. So, um, you know, it, it's it's funny because most of the guys that were there when I first went there, half of them have now come back again for the second <laughs> time around. So, <laughs> we must have done something quite well. The, the highlights, if you like, for that one was probably... Every every sort of floodlit cup game we played was obviously against Premier Division outfits, and we were yeah. a Division One was there, and obviously we managed to beat them and, and go on and win that cup competition. So that was probably our highlight: is that every time we come up against Premier Division players, we managed to raise our games and and, and, and win. So from that point of view, that's the highlight: is we took on five or six uh, Premier sides that year, and we beat them all. So I was chuffed to pieces with that. On the back of obviously promotion, where where we sort of we, we did really really well early doors, got a good lead, and then you know it just sort of it was so enjoyable playing, knowing that I think we had about seven games left and we were already champions by then. So hmm. you know it was a case of we could just relax, enjoy it, and go and play some free flowing football, which we tried to. Um, and yeah, I think you know it was a case of. It was a bit of a culture shock, you know, when we did get up and we went into the Premier Division because we got from Division 1 beating these guys and then all of a sudden we're having to do it. I think the first season was like 39 games, 40 games, I think it was. Uh, we finished, I think we finished 11th or 12th in our first season, which was a magnificent achievement when you're standing alongside sides that are, um, you know, very well gifted in the in the financial side of it. And um, we weren't still playing their players as we don't today. Um, so it was a it was a sort of a, a shock to the to the system for for some of the lads obviously that, that never played at that height that, that level before and, and they couldn't get their heads around the fact that you know you had to leave work at four o'clock in the afternoon and uh, <laughs> o'clock at night and you have to get up at six o'clock for work and stuff like that so it was a yeah. real coming of age of of Hollyport as a football club to be fair. Um, we embraced, and for sort of three years we did okay. And then the final year was when we'd lost all our players. Everyone had come in and taken the the best players, if you like, the Lewis Drivers, Jamie Anscombs, Dan Bailey's, um, you know, to, to name a few. You know, that have gone on to to better things and bigger things. 
and we were left with basically our youth side, our under 18 allied county side. And um, I had a chat with the chairman and the committee at the Christmas period and said, look, I don't think we could carry on this situation. That we'll return up to games with 11 players and sometimes just 10 players because of the youngsters couldn't make it for one reason or another. And that was a very tough season. And uh, I stayed till the end, as I promised I would do, and said that I wouldn't take it any further. And um, to be honest, you know, I think at that time, they were quite happy that they got relegated um, because obviously it, it was demoralising. We were getting beat fours and fives and sixes on some occasion. There was a time where sort of Whitney were, were, were flying and, and Andy Lyon at Whitney had a great side. And, uh, you know, it, it's no fun losing games week in week, especially when you've got a lot of youngsters that, that probably aren't used to losing that many games on the trot. Yeah. So it was probably best for everyone in, in the long run. And as we say, we're now back in there again, having another go. Fingers crossed that it, 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 it goes the same way going forward over the next few years. Um, yeah, I was going to say that uh, actually Hollyport didn't get relegated, I don't think. I think they uh, took uh, mm-hmm. took uh, um, yeah, uh, demotion uh, because of the situations that were going on. I think I spoke to, I remember... One of the times I've been down to Hollyport um, in the last couple of years, I was speaking to Richard Tyrrell, your um, secretary, I believe he is. Um, And, uh, yeah, he was saying that uh, part of the reason was um, the travel and, uh, you know, the logistics around, like, uh, playing in a division that's certainly got a a, a much larger geographic uh, area to deal with. You know, you've got to go to Gloucestershire or or whatever. Um, Hollyport, uh, we're looking to um, go up this year. Do you think there'd be a better place to deal with that at the moment? Um, or if uh, promotion does come, in, you know, the end of this year or next year or whenever it might be. <laughs> um, I think, yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. As a club, as a club, we're prepared for it. As a side, we're prepared for it. Um, it's just not knowing. That's the trouble. You see, you know, it's it's all well and good saying we get promoted and then we, you know, we can go and take on the big boys. But each year, the big boys get bigger because they're falling from higher levels of football nowadays. You know, you, okay. you, yeah, so you get bigger sides. Like this year, for example, obviously, Abingdon United came down and a few years before that was Wantage and a few years before that it was different sides. So there was bigger teams coming down the levels because they couldn't afford it financially and that was difficult to sort of comprehend every week. So I think we would have we would have held our own, the squad we've got at the moment with a few additions um, because I think as I said to you before earlier on, you know, the, the four or five guys that I had the first time around came back and they, they're experienced in, in, in sort of different levels. I mean, you know, Dan Ratley, for instance, you know, went off to Thatcham and stuff like that to better himself. Um, the year they've run the FA Vars sort of thing, so he was involved in, in sort of the club at that time. Um, uh, as other players that have sort of gone on to sort of play local football around the area. Um, whether it be at sort of, you know, Marlowe, Flatville and size like that. And then they've come back now. So we've got a good group of, of youngsters, but also a good sort of sprinkling of experience. And I think we would we would hold our own in the Premier Division with the, with the current group as it is at the moment. Having watched Hollyport this season, I, I would entirely agree. I think um, I think that Hollyport could compete uh, at a higher level, whether that's next season or the or the season after. Um, I, w- I was curious because I, re- I remember when when you went back to Hollyport for the second time. It was quite late in the summer, if I remember rightly. 
and and then and, I, and I'm I'm sort of looking at it and thinking mm, don't know what Hollywood are going to be like this season, but suddenly you you've pulled this fantastic team together. Um, you you know there, there's a couple of lads you've got in your team, uh, Driffill, um, Deverell, couple of couple of these lads you've got in there, and and they seem to have almost come out of nowhere. Where where did you go shopping? Um, I say I was very fortunate that my my, my assistant manager Matt Rolfe at the time had just come back to the club from Flatwell Heath. And uh, he, he had sort of mentioned a couple of the youngsters, Fabian being one of those, and said that he thought he could step up and play Division One. Um, and obviously we sort of we brought in one or two like that. Steve Devil played for me in the first time round, so he came back um, to play, as did sort of Dan Rapley, as did Alan Ackerman and, and Adam Sharp. So, but, you know, they were good quality players from our level, if you like. So it wasn't it wasn't the case that I was a, a genius and I could see this. It was a case of the players were there and available. It was my job just to sort of uh, gel them all together and make sure that they could just uh, you know do the best they possibly can in every game they play. And and credit to the group this year, I think they've been absolutely fantastic. They've um, you know we, we had a little bit of a sluggish start where we didn't play many games as as quite a lot of sides didn't. And you know you're looking at sides that sort of play five or six games more than you and thinking well. You now got to win five to keep up with those teams, you know, and, and put extra pressure on you before you've even kicked the ball early doors. So, um, yeah, the boys have been brilliant this year, and I think it's been a case of uh, a joint effort from from all of the sort of playing staff and the managerial staff um, of, of of giving them a, a great environment that they enjoy to want to play football. And as I alluded to a little bit earlier, you know, it's it's been the the best part of my managerial career has been playing, uh, managing Hollywood when there's no money available against a lot of people around you and coming up with big, you know, big results after sort of small expectations, if you like. And and they've all brought into that. They're all absolutely gutted to pieces as I am of, of um, us not having to go up this year. Um, I think you know, the point per, per game would have been a fairer, fairer uh, assumption of, of who would, should go up anyway. I did read somewhere the other day. There was a, quite a few of the non-league managers up and down the country were saying the same things that you know their top four were far enough away to sort of you know even if they did carry on playing an extra couple of games, they was always going to finish in the top four. And I think ours was exactly the same. You know, points per game wise, you know, I think I think we were at like two point eight, I think, and you know the team in in sort of uh, fifth place could only go up to about 1.29, something like that. So it was a, a sufficient gap between the top four and, and, and five and six sort of thing. So I think that could have that could have happened. Um, when you say null and void for a season, you know, we, we've got nine games left to play in the season. So, you know, you've, you've done all that work, put all that effort in and time and, and everyone doing what they do, and we've got nothing to show from as 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 are the rest of the sides in the country and I know there's a few that are being quite vocal in, in, in the press and on non-league sites and stuff like that and and I think that you know it's it's a fair comment really it's a fair argument you know, top four if they're if they're sort of in that situation they're there for a reason at this stage of the season they're not there because they're the worst teams by all means or, or, or the, you know the middle of the table they're there because they're supposed to be top end and you know if we take we take Risborough for example, um, I know Mark was, was gutted about the scenario over there to go 20-odd games, 24, 25 games without defeat is absolutely an amazing feat at any level of football. 
Um, and, and to have that taken away from them just purely by someone sitting down and saying, we'll make it null and void for everybody, is it, very, very hard to swallow. So although, you know, as I said earlier as well, you know, the the fact that, that the coronavirus is, is, is there and we're losing lives, it's secondary, of course, but to all us deep down, we're all thinking, you know, slightly robbed a little bit um, and, um, and, you know, I think it's, it's the realization that you get to a point that you've you've gone so far, and now you have to stop, and you may have to rebuild again, all from scratch. Sides might lose players, etc., and stuff. Like clubs may fold um, up and down the country. Will they change all the divisions? Um, will they level it up and make sure that they've got enough teams for each division again? So it's literally, you know, we was all geared for this new year, and now all of a sudden it's been taken away, and at the moment we don't know which direction it's going. In. Um, yeah, I was, I was going to ask. Uh, you mentioned at the beginning of that a, a few of the players that you've uh, um, you've have got uh, Hollyport at the moment. Uh, uh, Driffle, Deverell, um, um, is it Foriski? Um, they're they're all in the uh, top. <laughs> I had to yeah, uh, when I've when Rob... that wrong on a couple of uh, uh, match reports or uh, like I've done for uh, the the group. But yeah, they're all in the top ten goal scorers in the league this year. Uh, and then last Ooh. season, you had the best defence of. Uh, of the season uh, of the division and um uh adam sharp your is he your captain he was uh yeah. nominated for one of our player awards as well um what what would you say is a um derek sweetman side you know it seems like you've got the attacking elements and the defensive elements so what would you say how how do you your sides play do you think uh, i try to keep it as simple as possible um you know most of the players are good players so yeah you, you, you don't have to do too much work with them you just have to organize them a little bit and it's, it's something i think nowadays that it's it's done more in in sort of academies now and, and stuff like that going forward where you get coached from a very early age and, and I, I you know I'm, I'm a big believer of youngsters getting out and playing and getting experience and i think it's a case of like giving them an environment where they're quite happy to play and they're relaxed um we're organised. We work hard. That you know, they're, they're 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 a given. And as I say to the boys, week in week out, uh, and I'm sure they're fed up of it now after a couple of years. Is, is the fact that you're only as good as your last game, you know. And so if your last game you were terrible, you've got to be good this week. If you were brilliant last week, make sure you're not rubbish next week. So it's it's a simple philosophy, really, in that respect. Um, I just like size to attack. I like size to defend, and I like size to you know compete. And if you, if I think it's one of those sayings way back in, I think when I first met, um, when I first met Andy Lyon at Burnham, and he said like, you know, it, it's it's an easy game complicated by coaches and managers. Mm. Um, mm -hmm. that's not a bad shout, to be fair. Um, it's not a bad shout, um, but I don't want to do any injustice to any of the coaches and managers up and down the country that have obviously you know, spent a lot of time on honing the way they deal with their situations. Um, from my point of view, I look to try and get a good group of players that are talented, that are willing to learn, willing to work hard. I try and organise them, use a little bit of that um, few years of experience that I have got at this level um, and, and above to hopefully improve them. And yeah, we, we just make it a, an enjoyable environment. If you've got a good changing room, you've got half a chance when you get onto the 
similar sort of question to that, Derek. But when you were when you were kind of coming up through the managerial ranks, who who were you? Which managers were you looking up to? Which managers were you sort of taking things from? And at the moment, of, of sort of ma- some of the newer managers or, or some managers around, who who was impressing you uh, around sort of the Hellenic League and, and sort of locally? Um, growing up, I, I, I never really sort of tried to copy anyone as, as a manager. It was a case of um, probably that was where I went wrong early doors, I suppose, maybe not, not taking up <laughs> enough information from, from more experienced people, you know. Um, and I'm always on the end of the phone to people nowadays that are asked the same sort of question of me. How do you deal with this situation? What do you do in that scenario? Um, and, I, and I love that interaction. You know, people feel that they, that they can give me a call and, and, and have a chat with me. There's been two or three managers that have played for me. Obviously, the, 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 the easiest one to, at the moment is Bobby. Bobby Wilkinson at Bracknell. He played for me at Marlow, Bob. Um, and, uh, you know, we've had a lot of contact over the years. And um, he's one that's impressed me quite a lot really with, with what he's done and, and different areas and yes people throw the fact that he's got money at, you know at, at, but you can't just have money and win games and win leagues you have to be good at what you're doing um and Bob's certainly got that got that off to pat at the moment and uh, doing tr- tremendously well at Bracken um older older managers well, uh, Terry Brown's one of them I mean, spoke to Terry I used to play against Terry many many moons ago when he was at Wokenham and I was at Slough, and uh, you know that was a million years ago. But we've also had conversations over the years as well about managerial things and stuff. So I've got a lot of respect for Terry, although he wasn't sort of you know a manager at the time. He was a player that, that I admired, and, and obviously got to know him as a person, and, and and built up a bit of a friendship there. So take bits and pieces from Terry as well. Obviously, especially when he went on to to do the good stuff he did with Wimbledon and stuff like that, you know, and. It's it's literally. I think I don't think you can copy anyone um, at any level. I'm sure loads of people try. I mean, everyone talks about Jurgen Klopp and Guardiola mm-hmm. and that. You know, you can't copy those sort of people. You know, they're one-offs. You can you can use their methods, which I think a lot of people do, and, and try and play the same way. But I don't think you can take anything. You know, literally, and say I'll, I'll base myself on on, on what he did. Um, you have to make your own mistakes, and, and I've made plenty in the past, <laughs> and um, I'm sure I can make more going forward. Um, but uh, yeah, it's I think it's a case you have to be yourself. You've got to believe in what you're doing. That's the most important. Thing. Believe in what you're doing. Um, just to just to round things off a little bit, Derek. Um, just I'll, I'll, I'll if Rob's got another question, I'll, I'll Rob, I'll let you go in just a second. Um, what where do you is there do you still see um you know you know is there a long managerial path out in front of you or are you are you sort of uh without wishing to sit here and go Derek how old are you you know but um you know is there is there a long path ahead still or are you sort of thinking about kind of winding down or is, is Hollyport where you're at for the time being um I've been winding down for about the last five years <laughs> but I can never seem to get I can never get there um something else obviously pops up at the moment, and to ask you a question, I'm 61, um, so I'm an old man. Uh, so yeah, um, I'm touchwood. I'm relatively fit in that respect. Um, I've got no, I've got no desire to sort of step out of football. Maybe, maybe going forward at some stage, there may be a change of a role and stuff like that, and do something different at, at the club. But it will always be football for me. I'm used to that Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday you know, regime. 
ever since I started playing football. So that I don't think that'll lose lose its sparkle. Um, I love watching players play. I love watching youngsters. I, I, I love watching experienced players improve, even though they're sort of older. I, I love all that side of it. Um, so from that point of view, it's a case of you know. I'll go on until someone doesn't pick the phone up and say, do you want a job? Um, yeah, I, I, I shall stick around for a few years yet, God willing, of course, and um, annoy everybody as well at the same time because I'm still you know, very old and, and decrepit. So. <laughs> well, I'm, glad to hear, I'm glad to hear it, Derek. Um, Rob, did you want to? Did you have one just to finish off? Well, yeah, that was, uh, that was my question was going to be very similar, but in, in that case, you know, you said you got a, had a... 35 career uh, in football management. Have you got any particular highlights? Uh, any uh, uh, super fond memories of, of your time as a manager? God, how long have you got? Um... Well, <laughs> currently, as long as you like. Exactly. Yeah. I've got to be at home by nine o'clock tonight. Okay? <laughs> um, it, it, uh, highlights, it's so difficult to pick out highlights because obviously there's been a lot in my career that are at different... You know, when I first started out, uh, in, the highlight was was playing for Slough Town at the time when they just moved from the Dolphin Ground to to Wexham Park and oh, going right, and meeting, okay. the, meeting the old manager Joe Arpino for the first time, and you know the little Italian man he was, uh, a very ferocious. <laughs> thing. Um, I've seen him sort of grab people around the throat and hang them up in the in the dressing room. Wow. <laughs> they were they were moaning about they, they were a fiver short in their wages. And I'm sat there with my jaw hitting the ground thinking, is this non-league football? Blimey. <laughs> um, highlights, obviously, playing-wise, there weren't too many because it was a, a, a very sort of quick career, if you like, really. But um, I won a few sort of minor cup medals and stuff like that. Um, I suppose when I got into sort of first start, I got into managerial, I won a few cups with different clubs, different levels, different leagues. Seemed to do quite well in the FA Vars most years, where, wherever I was, I suppose. So that's that's my sort of uh, claim to fame is that I've been to four, five, five, six now, I think it is, quarterfinals of the FA Vars is in my career. Oh, wow. Well, not not going the whole way, reaching a quarterfinal um, out of all the teams that play in the league. You know, at the moment, I think yeah. there's what, 500 and something odd teams every year that enter it. Yeah. So to be sort of to be sort of that far up the road um, getting to quarterfinals and not quite making the semi-finals is a highlight. Um, and I think the other thing, the other highlight really is just meeting some wonderful people in, in, in the game in general, yourselves included, you know, the effort you put in, the work you guys put in, uh, you traipse, you know, the miles underfoot <laughs> going to the teams and stuff like that, and freezing cold nights. Um, so it, it's, it's just, it's that sort of, I call the non-league family. I, it's, I it's, completely it's, agree, yes. Yeah, it's an honour, it's a privilege to be involved in that sort of scenario where everyone's sort of uh, are looking for the same thing, if you like. Enjoyable, uh, entertaining, and um, uh, I suppose, you know, it's a case of look at us, we're stupid, we're standing out in the rain, and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Derek, I really do. <laughs> um, just a last one, just to finish off. Um, we've been asking everybody uh, while we're all sat here in isolation. Um, Derek, a box set or a TV show that you're watching that you'd recommend to our listeners? Ooh, um, I don't watch too much television unless it's sport related. <laughs> and, um, box sets, I, 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 no, I just watched The Stranger. 
okay. was on Netflix. My daughter made me watch that. So, um, yeah, that, that was quite good. And what was the other bit of the question? Oh no, just just yeah, just a just a TV show or a box set. We've had a we've had TV the Stranger a few um, a few times. So Stranger, the Stranger seems to be good. I've not started it myself. Yeah, no, I won't I won't spoil it for you. Then no spoiler alert. <laughs> no, exactly. Um, I suppose TV wise, uh, Peaky Blinders um, is was you know is is a good one. Um, um, and dare I say. Gary Neville's soccer box, I suppose. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I have to watch that on my own, of course. Um, <laughs> family don't like the idea of me watching football, playing football, being involved in football, and sleeping and drinking football. It, yeah, it does get in the way a little bit, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, Derek Sweeman, thank you very much for joining us. Um, Okay, everybody. That was that was Derek Sweetman, current Hollyport manager. This has been the pub, but not in a pub chat podcast from Football in Berkshire. If you want to find more of our podcast, go and just search Berkshire Football Stories on your favourite podcast app. You can also find us on the website footballinberkshire.co.uk and on Twitter at fi berkshire. Uh, all we need to say now is it's goodbye from me, Tom, Rob. It's goodbye from me and Derek. And it's goodbye for me. Thank you. <laughs> it's a bit, bit too Ronnie's, but you know, I like it. So <laughs> bye, everybody. <laughs> Thanks very much, Derek. Mm-hmm.